Welcome to Real Matters of the Heart, where we say life is all about chances and you can determine how many you take, but not how many you get. I am your host, Joy. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode number 16 of the podcast. Before we get started, I want to remind you that you can find archived episodes of the show on both iTunes and SoundCloud. Search hashtag R-M-O-H. I am very excited about today's episode. I am sitting with Miss Coy Madison, who is a serial entrepreneur, a mother of three. She's the founder of Tiny Catcher, a nonprofit organization helping little girls build healthy self-image and improve their self-esteem. A product designer by day, she also runs a blog called agoodmom.com, showcasing the ups, downs, ins, and outs of raising her children. We're going to be talking more about that throughout the episode, and so I'm very excited for her to share. Episode number 16 is entitled The Skin I'm In, and we're going to be talking all about nudity and body image and sex and how that impacts your parenting and how you show up in relationships and just in the world where cameras are always flashing and judgment is always looming. And so I'm very excited to get into this content because I think it's it's very certainly relevant to me and personal to me as a self-proclaimed nudist who sometimes struggles with how much of who I am as a nudist should I be sharing and am I being inauthentic when I choose to hide those parts of me? In addition to my stories about just a struggling nudist, <laughs> um, Koi shares stories about how kind of getting turned down and clowned by a high school crush almost led her to going under the knife for a plastic surgery. She also talks about how she dealt with finding out that her preteen daughter had seen a porn and a couple of other stories that we share. So you don't want to miss out on this funny, but also very relevant conversation. I'm very excited to share with you. Um, And again, before we jump into this episode, I want to remind you that I do have a workshop coming up as a part of my She Springs Forward series. The next workshop is Sunday, April 9th, 2017. And it will be at the Eat Sleep Sweat Studio in L.A. And the topic is dollars and cents. So as an entrepreneur, I'm going to be talking about my relationship with money and where that formed and my ideas about money and um, how I use money and what I think about money. Because I think the conversation can often be minimized to, you know, all these things about budgeting and saving and retirement and all of that. But really what impacts how we show up in those areas, how we budget, how we save, if we are preparing for retirement, is the foundation of our relationship with money and what we think about it and how we handle it. And so this workshop is going to be diving into that. I'm very, very excited to share some of the things that I've learned along the way, again, as a business owner that really forced me to look at my relationship with money um, and how I been had been handling it since my got my first job when I was 13 years old. So be on the lookout for that. You can visit my web, website, eatsleepsweat.com slash women's dash workshop to find out more information. And the link will definitely be in the show notes. So without further ado, we are bringing you episode number 16, The Skin I'm In, Real Matters of the Heart, the podcast. Check it out. Hello and welcome to Real Matters of the Heart, where we say life is all about chances and you can determine how many you take, but not how many you get. I am your host, Joy. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Today I have with me my friend, Koi, special guest, and we are going to be talking about body image and self-worth and self-love and all these other things. But before I let Koi introduce herself and talk a little bit about what she has going on and we jump into the conversation, I want to introduce you guys to this new thing that I'm doing. So it's the top of the year. 
couple of new episodes coming out very soon. But I've started doing this new thing on Facebook Live where I'm doing like a pre-show. So if you've been listening to the episodes in the past, you've heard me say, oh, you guys have missed so much of the conversation before because we typically start my guest and I talking about whatever the topic is. And then by the time we start recording, there are things that we've already said. And it's kind of inauthentic when you have to try to replay it or recall it and repeat it. And so um, I started doing the Facebook Live just as a way to invite you guys into the fullness of the conversation. Um, so you guys can check that out if you go onto my Facebook, facebook.com backslash Joy Hearts, J-O-I-H-E-A-R-2. Is it is it backslash though? I think it is. Is it regular slash? Well, whatever it is, you're already on Facebook. Just search <laughs> search Joy Hearts, J-O-I-H-E-A-R-T-S, and then you will find it. You'll see the videos there. It's the Real Matters of the Heart podcast pre-show. So I have each guest on there. We talk a little bit about... Um, the topic, and we also do this fun game called Three Truths and a Lie, which is actually quite funny to try to guess which of these stories that they share, which are usually pretty outrageous, um, are not true. So be sure you're following me there so that you don't miss a moment of the conversations. So without further ado, again, I would like to introduce you, my friend, Koi. Hi, Koi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Good. So thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you. Um, this is take two. We right. last time I had Koi here, we <laughs> scheduled the podcast, and the conversation went so many different ways. We started talking about life and life. how life was lifing, because life be lifing. It does, <laughs> but it was a, you know what? That was a good conversation. It was so it, necessary. It, it, it needed it needed to happen. Let me tell you sure. something. Let me tell you how much it needed to happen, and I shared with <laughs> right. you when you came in today, because the conversation was literally just a couple weeks ago. It, it was sure right was. before Christmas. But, but my life on? did such a 180 after she shared with me, you know, what was happening and transpiring and unfolding in her life. Mm -hmm. It was just so incredibly parallel to experiences that I was having. And I was grateful for her testimony. I am grateful for her testimony and her willingness to share and be transparent because based on what she said to me, I was able to make a critical decision that I knew yes. needed to be made, but that yes. I was kind of dragging my feet on because it was a challenging decision, mm -hmm. which I think we can all relate to when we have to make those hard decisions. And um, sometimes it's easier to just pretend they're not there right. <laughs> until yeah. they blow up. And then you're like, now I got to deal with the consequences and the cleanup. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't want to live life in that way, but it was a challenging decision. Ultimately, I made it, though, based on what you share with me. And now um, the lesson I'll share that I got was when you become clear about what you want, then you also have to accept the responsibility of making decisions that are going to align you with opportunities to create what you want. Yes. So I'm clear about what I want. Now I get to do the things that are going to help me get what I want. Mm -hmm. And for me, the first step in that was, was ending a relationship that was otherwise good. I just knew that long term it wasn't going to work well. Yeah. And by ending that relationship, I opened up the door and the space and the opportunity to have the relationship that I knew that I ultimately wanted and needed that was going to align me with the life that I wanted to create. And it happened. Like in a matter of days, it was like... It happened though. It was like... And it happened like on... Did you go to sleep after the conversation? <laughs> I mean, did you close your eyes before everything? So... Um, you know, everything by divine appointment, I truly believe that. Nothing is for nothing. So, again, I'm grateful for that conversation. Yes. And I'm also grateful for your willingness um, to make yourself available again to do the actual episode. Right. Because <laughs> I do know yes. that can be a thing. 
Um, <laughs> like time can be a thing, which is another conversation we were just having. Man, like ain't nobody got time for that. I started saying maybe I should stop going things that have a time to be there. I'm always late. <laughs> Man, like maybe if I don't have a time, if you say show up between this time, <laughs> give me a window, like the cable guy. I'm gonna yeah. be there between, between three and eight. I'm gonna be there between Tuesday and Saturday. <laughs> yeah, like what? I, you want me to just be here for five days? Like there's no. Right? Yeah, just yeah. be there. If, yeah. if you yeah. want this cable, I bet you'll wait, though. I'll be waiting like a mother. Like, damn, this nigga. I, I can't go nowhere. Maybe you can come sit at my house. The cable guy. Right, right. <laughs> right. That is hilarious. Because time is of the essence. I mean, there's so many, like, cliche statements. Time is money. There's all these cliche kind of colloquialisms that we that we use or, like, statements that we use with regard to time. But when you really think about it, um, as a matter of fact, every day when I pray, I start my prayer and I say, like this morning, for instance, thank you, God, for bringing me to this day, January 7th, 2017, a day that I've not seen before and a day that I will never see again. Mm. I think it's important to acknowledge yeah, yeah, that, yeah. like, that you get one shot. Yeah. Like, and this is it. Like, I will never see this day yeah. again. Mm-hmm. Perhaps some of the decisions that I make today, I will be able to adjust, mm-hmm. <laughs> you right, know, whatever, right. but... In terms of like right now, I'm not. This day's not coming back, and yeah. and it's it's important to be clear about that um, as we approach decisions or even as we frame whatever context of our lives. So there's that. There's, <laughs> there's that. But so today I brought Koi in, and as I mentioned earlier, to talk a little bit about like self love and acceptance and the journey of just um, body confidence and everything that it means. To be a woman specifically, because we can only speak from the woman's perspective, but I do want to acknowledge, and I probably will do this multiple times throughout the conversation, that this is not just a woman's conversation or a right. woman's issue, quote unquote. I'm clear about that. Yeah. Um, as a personal trainer and as somebody who works with people who have goals for what they want their body to look like, yeah. I have heard tons of stories. People come in with different goals about like, how they see themselves and how they want to see themselves. And it's Mm -hmm. like men too. Yeah. Men too. And there are images of men getting, you know, ab implants and calf implants and chest implants. And there are episodes of reality shows that actually show the process and people get so obsessed with perfection that, you know, and that's the thing that I think people don't realize. Like you're never ever going to be fully satisfied with any change that you make until you do the work on yourself on the inside the inside on the inside it's a mindset so it's, it's it's a mindset and even i have an interesting story speaking of clients and things yeah a client of mine came to me and essentially laid out this kind of like i wouldn't say ultimatum but it was kind of like you have six weeks to do this and if i don't see you know significant results in this amount of time, I'm going to have surgery. I'm going to have liposuction. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. All right. <laughs> and I said, well, to maintain the integrity, the integrity of my field, but also from a personal perspective, I'm going to encourage you to not have that surgery in six weeks or ever. Right. <laughs> but I do because understand that you're an you adult. Don't change, you're, it's going to come back. Yeah. And so ultimately what I shared was that um, what happens, just as a quick, a quick little like science thing when we gain and lose weight is not that we're gaining and losing fat cells is that the ones that we have are expanding and contracting mm-hmm. so when you gain weight you have the same number of fat cells in your whole body your whole life 
But when you're gaining weight, those fat cells are expanding. And then when you lose weight, they're shrinking. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I said, when you have liposuction and you suck some of the fat cells out, if and when you gain weight again, because if you're unwilling to do the work to maintain the body, to get the body you want to maintain it, you probably are going to gain the weight again. Yeah. It's going to be really weird. It's going to pop out in pockets of fat in strange places mm. because the fat has to go somewhere. And because you've sucked it out in certain areas, right. those other cells that remain are going to have to, ex- are going to expand and you're going to find yourself with weird, strange looking pockets of fat in that places that you're going to not be excited about. Yeah. And sure enough, we did the six weeks. She was not excited about her results and decided she was going to go do the surgery. That happened, and then I didn't see her for months because she was hype. I got my liposuction. I don't need no trainer. I'm good. Yeah. About eight or nine months later, she came back to the gym, and I, it was everything in me not to make the face. Of, oh, my God. The way your body has done this formation Ugh. thing as a result of you not committing to the work yes. and taking this easy route, Yeah. now it just looks weird, and yeah. you have things happening. That are not good, and then and then 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 you want me to wave the magic wand as your trainer and fix it. And I told you. And you come back, you're unhappy, and so now we've got not just the physical work. Now we've got the emotional and mental work of pre-surgery, which we already started off in a place. And this is not a judgment on people who choose surgeries. Let me say that as well. Like this is not a judgment. And I'm not. The assumption is not that like anybody who has surgery must be like something's wrong. No, it's not that. But I'm understanding through my relationship with this woman that there were some things going on, body confidence issues, that then were exponentially magnified because now on top of whatever thing I was not happy about, I have this other weird thing happening Right. that's like, whoa. So I I, I think that we're such a microwave society now. Everything is quick, 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 quick. And it's like... I don't know if people understand that, like, if you put the work in, boy, the the outcome for everything though, it it lasts longer, it feels better, right? You know what I mean? That quick fix stuff, it doesn't, it don't last, it does not, and it's just I have seen, I know somebody that has had liposculpture three times, and I say mm-hmm. you're never gonna change the way that you eat, you're never gonna become active at, in any way, you're you're very, you're just you're you're stable, you like to sit around, you're just like you're you're complacent, right. you're just that kind of right. person. But you have these surgeries and you look great for a couple months and then gradually you start seeing stuff coming back and coming back. And it's like, you're just going to keep wasting your money instead of realize, identifying the true problem. Right. And that's the issue right there. That's the issue yeah. right there. It's like you're masking or you're pacifying the actual issue. Yeah. And I can't, I couldn't even agree more about the like microwave quick, quick, quick. And you also mentioned that in addition to it not lasting long, other all the other benefits that you get from doing the work. Yes. When you can commit to yourself. One thing that I say, even as a personal trainer, as much as I know that a large part of the people, they come to me for, you know, physical, cosmetic, aesthetic reasons. Yeah. Not at all a judgment on that. I, I understand. I want to look good too. Yeah. I don't, it's not a problem with that. Um, but what my position or my stance or my approach to fitness is that on your journey, this is you learning how to conquer you. Mm-hmm. And then that becomes the blueprint for how you deal with everything else in your world and yeah. in your life. If you can quiet the voice in your mind that has all this negative self-talk, because a lot of the time the loudest, mm-hmm. harshest voice mm-hmm. is our own. Yes, it is. And when you can silence that voice and tell that voice in your head that 
you know, you are committed, you are dedicated, you are disciplined, you love yourself enough to do this, you love yourself enough to sacrifice, you love yourself enough to go to bed early so you can get up and go to the gym, or whatever those choices and decisions are that you have to make yeah. along the way to change your lifestyle to get the body that you want, or to feel how you feel, or to get the health results, or whatever your end game is with your fitness. When you can do that, that becomes the blueprint for how you approach every other thing that you come across yes. in your life. And that perseverance and that fortitude and that commitment and that stick to itness and that thing that teaches you how to get over around and through something that seemingly was impossible or that there was so much resistance and opposition and you thought at one point it's never going to happen. Like when you can do that for yourself, mm -hmm. in yourself, with yourself, there's nothing else that you can that you will face outside of you that you won't feel like you can also conquer. Yeah. And you don't get that same kind of rich um, knowingness of who you are and what you're capable of by going under the knife. Right. You just don't get it. It doesn't it doesn't come you might wake up and feel good and look good. And you don't no, you don't wake up and feel good. You wake you up and don't. feel like a high And you're mess. sore and you're swollen and it's weird. <laughs> exactly. For like and you're trying to this figure out true. why did I do this in the first place. Right, because right, right. I've literally help take care of someone after mm. and it's like okay so you did all this and now you're looking at this because now you gotta wait for the swelling to go down now you gotta wait for this and, and to ultimately and... see what you wanted to see there is a process for that too exactly. that's not instant you go under the knife but the but the outcome is not instant no, same thing sure. with nose job same with all this stuff they say it takes a year for the swelling to fully go down on a nose job right a so initially year? when you first get it done you see a change but there's still a, a some slight you know swollen look to it and then maybe like after for a year or so and that's why some people look super small and in, in, in the end because it's mm. finally all the swelling has gone down that's the thing nothing is really a quick fix for like you have to do the work that's the people don't you right. have to and the thing that it's i also <laughs> say about that stuff too is like there's a and i've never been for a consultation or anything so i don't I know have. the depth of it have you i have well, we're gonna have to talk about that <laughs> i have but it was a real what, what i think about is so you see your face and say so we're going to talk about the nose you brought it up yeah so if i think my face oh, i don't like this nose all right so i pick that nose i don't know what that nose is going to do on this face <laughs> right right and so then i get that nose and that's the nose that i wanted but now with these eyes or these cheekbones or these lips now something else looks like it's off or out of yeah. proportion because that nose went with everything else that I have. Exactly. And so now, now I got to get the lips done and now mm -hmm. I got to get the eyelids yeah. and now, or whatever these other things are. And then it becomes this like ongoing, never ending. And then you're striving, like you said, for this perfection. That's not real. It's not, it doesn't exist. It's not real. And the issue of just flat out not liking yourself doesn't yes. go anywhere. Nope. Nope. So then maybe you do get the exact body and all the parts that you want and you've paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for it. Yeah. And you still wake up and don't like yourself. Yeah. You're still nitpicking and finding the thing, the next yeah. thing that you don't or like. Or you're still comparing, right? You're still looking you're still at someone comparing. else and you see her lips. And yes, you just got your lips done, but I want fuller lips like hers. Oh, I like the shape of her nose. Oh, I want, oh, do you see how her breasts, I want, can mine sit like that? Oh, I want this. And that's just what happens. It's just a constant. Oh and it's gosh. all because you never... The the core issue is that, like you said, you don't like yourself. Right. And right. until you put the work in and you learn to love yourself, there is nothing that you can do to feel better. Right. 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 That's good. So let's talk about this consultation you had. 
Right. I was in high school. Funny thing. High school? 17 years old. So this was for a nose job. For a nose job. Your mom took you. I had a huge issue with my face. Hated my nose. No. Hated it. And so... Can we just even pause for a moment because this is podcast and you guys can't see her? This is a... She's beautiful. What you're going to get to do, because we're going to take a photo before she leaves, (laughs) is follow me on Instagram and look for this photo because... No, I'm not even... This is crazy. Okay, so 17, mom takes you in. 17. And you got to think, I went from LA schools to the Valley. So that was another huge transition because I'm going from somewhere where everybody's... You know, everybody looks like me. You know, you see fuller features. You see bigger bodies. People mm-hmm. are, the girls are thick, this and that. And then mm-hmm. you go to the valley and everybody's slender. And mm-hmm. everybody is, you know, mixed or whatever. Petite and it's like and you should be petite. And, and then you're looking at yourself and then you're starting to compare. And then you tear yourself down. And so it's like mm-hmm. I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, oh, and I'm doing this. I'm squeezing my nose and all kind of things, you know, mm-hmm. hoping that right. it'll look smaller. Right? And I think we've all done that to some yeah. degree. I mean, yeah. You know, that what's the thing? You must increase the bus. Right. Remember that? Remember, right. I don't mean, I don't right. know. Maybe I'm dating right. myself. But yeah, yeah, yeah. there's all these things, you know, right. we've done in some capacity. Stuffing the bra. Yeah. To get the, to the boobs or right. whatever. And see, the boobs were never an issue for me. I, got I used to wear, this is hilarious. I used to wear <laughs> two bras. Okay. One, like, regular bra, like, you know, snapback. That's not a bra. That's a hat. But you know what I mean. <laughs> right. Bra, right? And it was, like, super padded. Yeah. And then I would wear a sports bra on top because what I wanted it to look like was the like one across log. Cause you know, like, <laughs> so fucking dumb. And I used every day, my mom used to be like, you gonna stop wearing all these underwear, you know, all the dirty clothes. And I'd be wearing like two, three bras a day trying to get this look to have the boob look that I wanted. That was like ridiculous. But it, it's go. It's that same kind of yeah. thing of like. I mean, but there's you know, I went for the consultation because my mother was pretty much tired of me talking about it, so we went to see mm-hmm. about it. And um, it he told us some crazy. It was Doctor Griffith. It's funny. He was like on that Beverly Hills oh, wow. surgery show. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, he was telling me he would take cartilage from behind my ear and build up my bridge and all this stuff and have it. You know, my it's my bridge. You know, so my bridge where he would build it up and all this <laughs> stuff. And, Whatever, you know, I didn't get it, of course. I'm so glad that I didn't, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'm, I can't imagine if I would have, especially at such a young age, if she, you know, my mother had the money. Right. Um, but, I mean, there was so many different little things. There was that, and then there was, I remember I liked a guy. And um, I remember him telling his, um, I have two stories. He told his <laughs> uncle, and his uncle, he, show, he saw me, and he said that I would look better if I was light-skinned. That I would be fine if I was light-skinned. So then that created a whole other complex. Like, oh my God, I want to be lighter. You know? And then I remember... It, I, mm-hmm. Another time in high school, I remember um, all these guys liked me. And they used to call me thicker than a snicker, right? I was my mm-hmm. thicker. And so there was this one guy that I liked. And um, he didn't go there. He would just come up to the school. And then somebody told him about me. And another guy. We had a three-way phone conversation. I was silent. Remember yes, three-way. Shit? Come on. Used to do that with the silence. We absolutely used to right? do that. I'm, I'm going to be on mute, I'm girl. Gonna I'm going to be on mute. You just say it. Tell him. So she, what? Yeah, so he told him. Played ourselves. And he said, <laughs> he said, uh, oh, I don't like Snickers. Oh, I like to die. Right? I like to Ooh. die. And then I was like, try to get skinny. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, wait, he doesn't like thick girls. You know what I mean? And it's like, there's always this thing. Everybody's not going to accept you. So the it only person that has to accept you is you. And once you fully accept yourself, it doesn't even matter what people say. Because you internalize those things when you don't love yourself. You okay, do. so this is going to be a moment for me to drop, drop a gem. 
Yes. Because what you're saying is so in line with a large part of the conversation that I was having towards the end of last year, which was like last week. But anyway, <laughs> um, it was so there there are three kind of keys to life. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I if we believe that we are relational beings and that, you know, we are born to be in relationship to one another and that each of us contributes something to the bigger picture of what the world is meant to be, then the three keys to kind of being fulfilled in this life are one, acceptance. Well, actually, I would say one is authenticity, which is acceptance of yourself. Like in order to show up authentically Mm -hmm. and be whoever you are, with that meaning, you know, how you dress, how you talk, whatever, whatever that is, you have to first accept yourself. Mm -hmm. And then the second step would be vulnerability, which is the invitation, extending an invitation to someone else to also accept you, which means after I'm showing up authentically as myself, do you accept that Mm -hmm. to the degree that you are willing to be in relationship with me? Not in a relationship, meaning like romantically, but like... Business relationship, platonic friendships, maybe romantically or whatever the context may be. But like as I show up as my authentic self, I'm extending the invitation to you to accept that. But that's very vulnerable because you can say no. Right. And that can be hurtful. Yeah. But if I have already accepted myself, Mm -hmm. then it will be minimally hurtful. Yeah. It may sting, but it won't be like detrimental. Yeah. Right. And then the final step would be accountability, which is the beauty that is born of a relationship between two people who have accepted themselves and then also accepted one another. And I think if we can be authentic and vulnerable and then be accountable to ourselves and others, it doesn't matter the context of the relationship or what's happening. That makes for the most beautiful experience in this life. And then you can show up as the fullness of yourself. So if it's, if it's in a professional setting, then your gifts will flourish. Yes. If it's in a ro- romantic setting, then whatever that the context of that relationship is and your partnership will be incredibly solid. Mm-hmm. Because you're not hiding. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. And so whatever the context of the relationship is, when you can be authentic and vulnerable and then be accountable... That is like the, the most beautiful experience. And it's liberating. And Boy, so you, The day that you accept liberating. who you are. And Listen. You just, and, and, and there's nothing anyone can say to make you feel any different. Man. It is it's amazing. And the thing is too, like, even in my acceptance of self, as somebody may come and present another option. Yeah. Or another perspective. Yeah. I can listen to you and hear you and maybe even consider what you said and go... Maybe I can work on that or fix that or change that. Or yeah. maybe that's offensive and I didn't realize and that wasn't my intention or whatever. Right. And I can do that without feeling shaken to the core that like now something is inherently wrong with me. Yes. Because you've presented a different perspective that I had not considered in the past. Right. That's another part of the function yeah. of relationships. Yes. Is that you are to show me a piece of me that I've not seen yes. and I wouldn't have seen if it weren't for you. And, there, and there's and something about those type of friendships too. When you have the friend that you can say those things to mm-hmm. and they're not upset they're not this and even if they are upset they can take it they can process mm-hmm. it and you guys can move forward in your friendship right that is real a real friendship exactly you know that's, what I mean? that's what i'm saying about that accountability yeah, it's piece. like i don't i don't want don't don't bring me the, this version of yourself that like i have actually put a meme up and it was like you know i don't want the person that's always happy that's always trying to pretend like everything is great right. i want the person that's going to come to me and say you know what i feel like shit Today. And, and you know and I can say okay well how can I help you feel better because right. that's the type of friend that I am and that's what I want you to be to me I don't want to always have to pretend like, like I'm on everything's great because it's, it's okay to not be okay it, it, it is 
It really is it okay is. to not be okay. Mm-hmm. And we don't say that enough. It, exactly. Everybody's walking around here trying to appear perfect or okay right. or happy or... And that's not real. And that's too much pressure it on is. other people. So the other thing that I was saying earlier today, actually, if we're going to have the conversation of, of saying it's okay to not be okay, we also need to be having the conversation of even in your not okayness, mm-hmm. you are still worthy of all of the things that you want and desire in this life. Yeah. Even in the days where you are not feeling it. Mm-hmm. And so I said... Um, um, could have been today or whenever. I was looking at the photo, this photo of a Ferris wheel. I just went to Disneyland. Oh, I saw you posted And it was beautiful. And I thought, even at the lowest point on the Ferris wheel, you're still off the ground. Mm-hmm. And so even at the lowest point of our lives, like we're still flying. Yeah. And we get to know that. And even in those moments where we don't feel okay, we are still worthy of soaring high. Yes. So even if in that moment we're not quite there, we're still worthy of it. We're still Mm -hmm. deserving of it. It's still possible. Mm -hmm. It's still something that we can lay our eyes on and set our minds on and set our hearts on and begin to move towards. Like we don't get to feel like because we may be in whatever place, whether it's because we actually are, because we perceive that we are, because we're comparing ourselves to somebody else and it seems like we are, whatever. The reason is, even at that lowest point in our not being okay, we are still worthy of all of the goodness that life has to bring. But that, again, comes from that conversation of acceptance of self. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about... Feeling worthy, though, because that is is a word. Man. (laughs) So let's talk about... So you're 17, you go in the office. So what is mom saying to you as you're having this conversation to the the degree that she's like, you know what, let's go to here. We'll see. Get this nose, because I'm sick of you. So here's the thing. I can't really remember but I know since the beginning of time my mother has always wanted to know the job herself so that's a whole nother thing you know what I'm saying and so that that's also a thing you know where just me in general as a mother that I have really made sure that I didn't do that in front of them Right, you gotta, have, you gotta be careful about the yes. conversations you're having with, with your yourself in, in, in front, front of your of children them, because Cause they pick it, that up. You pick up, you pick yourself apart, or you know mm-hmm. what I mean. And, and because of the way that I raise my kids, they get on me when I do things. It's like, mm-hmm. Mom, you stop it! Like, you know, you're 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 beautiful, or you're this, or you're mm-hmm. that. And they're to that point now, even Riley, mm-hmm. that they don't even they don't even they won't even let me. Good, you know, and and I love Good. that because. And sometimes I want them to be more aware of certain things. Check yourself. But I love it because I'm like, you know what? That's good. Because they're not now picking themselves apart. Because the thing about children is they're your offspring. They have your features. So if I'm walking around here and I'm looking at my nose and I hate my nose, and then she's born with my nose. Right. And and I keep saying, oh, oh, my nose, I want a nose job. She's going to start looking at her nose and being like, well, you know what? I have the same nose as my mom. Right. Or, or. Even if she doesn't internalize it, yeah. the assumption is that if you hate your nose and I have your nose, then you hate my nose. Right. That, that's so even if I'm cool sure. with my nose, I know yeah. you're not cool with it. And yeah. that's an issue for me. It is. So, you know what I mean? So, that's, there's so many ways yeah, that could are. go. Mm-hmm. And we have to be very careful about... I remember watching an episode on like... I think it was like the Tyra Banks show, which don't judge me. No, I used to watch that. <laughs> it was like the talk show yeah. or whatever. And But she had this really great episode and it was kind of about the same thing, but it was more about like... Um, colorism Mm -hmm. and she had young girls i think the youngest one was like seven bleaching their skin the girl was talking about taking a bath in like the skin bleaching cream or liquid or whatever it was 
and it coming from conversations that her mom was having, looking in the mirror, pinching the waist back, doing peeling the face back, doing the mm-hmm. things of I wish I looked like, and this particular mom having conversations about wanting to be lighter skinned. Mm-hmm. So you have a seven-year-old girl who is wanting to bathe in body bleach because she believes at seven. Right. Seven. You don't even have your adult teeth. We're going to ruin your skin. I just, and it was so heartbreaking. It is. To see these girls be so obsessed with things that they shouldn't even be concerned about. Right. And you can't even be a child. Yeah. Yeah. You can't even enjoy playing outside and doing whatever children do in 2000 whatever Mm -hmm. because you're obsessed about this thing that is so incredibly insignificant right yeah but i mean and then again it's it's the the physical man we put so much pressure Mm -hmm. and so much value on the outside and not enough on the inside. And that also sounds cliche because people always say, oh, it's what's on the inside. But like you said, it radiates. So if you feel yeah. good on the inside, you know what everybody else sees. Right. You know what I mean? It's kind of hard when you see somebody that looks really happy and it's not to even, you don't even think about their features or their anything. You don't. Because you're just drawn to that light. There you go. You don't look at so, them and say, hmm. Interesting. You know? I just had this thought. So you know, it's kind of like a running joke, a, like blanket across the board. Like girls will say like, when I get dressed up and I do whatever, like, nobody cares. But when I run out the house, I'm sweating or whatever on. Then all the dudes want to be, like, trying to holler. <laughs> right. right. And what just came to me is when you run out of the house with your hair pulled back and your sweats on, you're comfortable. Yeah. And you feel free. Yes. And you're just being yourself. And you're not trying to put on a show. And that's what's attractive. Right. Whereas when you get all dressed up and dolled up, I'm not saying that you're uncomfortable or that you're lying. But to some degree, like, come on. The shoes hurt. <laughs> and and you're not the dress like is tight or the whatever the thing is and, <laughs> right. and there's a persona that kind of comes with it because more than likely you're going to the club or wherever you're going yeah. and so there's a whole thing that goes with that that doesn't feel like you mm-hmm. it feels like maybe a fraction of who you can be when you right. choose to be but it doesn't feel like this is the person I'm going to be connected to yeah. day in and day out mm-hmm. so when you run out with the bun to pick up the groceries or whatever yeah what people are attracted to is that simple yeah, self where you're just like, like oh, yeah. I'm out here. Maybe I don't have a bra on. I don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like. And, and honestly, you know, and I've heard even when guys have tried to talk to me and I'm, you know, like I've, I've heard that though. Like, it's like, oh, like I could already tell that, you know, when you get dressed. Yeah, it's going to be popping. Right. Yeah, so but you, this is um, this everyday thing <laughs> yeah, right here. Like, this bun and these sweats and these sneakers, yeah. this t-shirt, like this where's that? Mm-hmm. And and I think again, what I was saying is that they're just attracted to that very kind of. This is where I am the most comfortable. This is where right. I'm the most vulnerable. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, you know, I don't have my guard up with the makeup and the hair and the everything that comes with mm-hmm. the the being dressed up, which has its place and it has its time yeah. and it's fun and all of that. So it's just interesting, like, that whole concept of how we even perceive one another. Like, um, we were having this conversation. I think my friend Tiffany and I are like, what if we were, like, dogs? And, like, <laughs> we, like, got to know each other by, like, sniffing each other's butts. Like, I just walked to you, like, you seem interesting. Let me sniff your butt and see, like, should we be friends? Right. No. Weird. Yeah. But also very telling. 
Like, right away, I'd be like, you know what? Never mind. Right. Because it doesn't matter how fly your outfit is and whatever other thing you can show me. Like, I can't sniff your butt through Instagram, but if I meet you in person and we get to doggy sniffing, that's going to be like, you ain't telling the truth about what's going on in your life. (laughs) And I'm not rolling. So, it's like... Like yeah, you can't hide that one. Right. You got what? Well, you got to really get in there if you're gonna. You know what I mean? If you gonna, if you gonna do that, like that's that's how I'm really like get to know. And that's that's right off the top. Right. Right. And, uh, you know yeah. they don't they don't like wait weeks for no, that. No. They that's the initial straight at the doggy park. Boom, they like yo, it's a pit bull over there. We on sniff the back. What we doing? Oh. And like if it was if it was that way, if we were that vulnerable, if we were that open or that authentic. Um, all the time in that way, it would it would change the dynamic of how we interact. It would also change a lot of our experiences, a lot of the heartbreak and bullshit that we go through. We would probably be able to avoid, yeah, if we were just a little bit more honest. And mm-hmm. even as I'm talking to you about like you know I have made room for this new relationship in my life and all these things that have unfolded in this new context. One of the things that we have both agreed is probably the best thing about our relationship and the biggest difference between this one and other relationships that we've been in is that because we were friends first and we still are friends I don't want to say we're in the past tense but I mean in addition to the new context of dating and being in a relationship um being friends first took away all of the hiding right. and there are a lot of things that are happening in the very early stages of our relationship that I've said to him and that he's also said to me I don't know if I would tell you this if you weren't my friend because it would be like not because I'm trying to deceive you or manipulate you, but because I would be more concerned about how you would perceive me Mm -hmm. if you knew this so early. And it's kind of like that put your best foot forward thing. And like, this isn't really, this isn't really my best foot. I'm going to not leave this one out. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go with no. (laughs) Right. Right. And so now we get to do that. And and being able to take off that mask is incredibly liberating. Like you said earlier. It is. Um, and it's making for the foundation of something incredibly beautiful Yes. that I've not ever experienced before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. If nothing else. Yeah. Um, in addition to everything else about what we're experiencing now, like I'm just grateful for a space where I can just be mm-hmm. and, and I can just be as I'm still becoming and learning what being just is you know what I mean for me and like being able to be like oh this is me just being today is different from me just being yesterday and I don't have to feel like oh no what is that going to mean because you liked me yesterday but this new me today is I don't know and (laughs) blah 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 and I don't have that I'm just like hey what's up and you're like hey what's up and we're both evolving and becoming and learning and growing and feeling comfortable in this space to do that with one another without judgment yes Yes. And see, that's the thing, too, without judgment of self. And then, you know, this person also because you guys are both authentically you and you're coming together and you're trying to create something that's authentic. So it's just, you know, I I think, you know, that's the thing, too. It's like, man, how can you think about all the people that are in relationships? Right. Think about all the people that are broken. But they're in relationships with someone else. Right. Right. But they have never done the work on themselves. And so now they are, they're living a lie because 
honestly, like, oh, they don't really love themselves. They don't really like themselves. And they want this person to love them. And they want them to like them. And they want, and it's like, oh, you're just, you're in this. You're trying to get acceptance by pretending to be something else. So you haven't, you don't even like yourself. But you want this person to give you this emotion. That's not going to. And that's not uh, real. And that's no. and that's when we begin to also place unrealistic expectations on our partner. Yes. Because we expect to them to fill the, the holes. Yes. Like, I'm not happy, so you it's your job to make me happy. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's not possible. At all. And so now you're setting me up to fail, mm-hmm. and then it all becomes my fault, which then perpetuates your story that you made about me that I ain't shit or whatever from the beginning. <laughs> right, right. And then it becomes like this whole thing mm-hmm. of like, but when are you ever going to go, whoa, I'm probably it's probably me yeah i mean like, you can only be in so many relationships that don't work and say hey it's common it's, denominator here hello i'm in all the relationships that i've been in <laughs> hello like the and one thing that's consistent especially is if they move on and that their relationship is thriving the new one with right you, it's a clear indication Ooh. that you are the problem because i've seen it happen and been like mm, oh they're getting married okay <laughs> <laughs> Well, so what right. you're saying is it was me. That's what you're saying. All right. right. So in so many words, okay. I'll, okay. All right. So what are you saying through your actions that I'm spying right. on on social media because you right. really just cut me all the way off because I'm a damn right. fool? Is that I was the, oh right? Okay. Yeah. Man. Well then, just, congratulations. I tell you, there is just so much to, and yeah. I think you know another thing too is um, people move on too fast. Just people move on very fast without identifying what. Dude, you gotta debrief. And this this is this is not even boyfriend girlfriend. This is friendship. No, you gotta debrief. What is that? What went on there? You can't keep friends. There's a reason why you can't keep men. There's a reason why you can't keep jobs. There is a reason, and all this turns back to you. It is you. It is all self work. Do the work. Figure out. What it is, you can't keep moving forward in life, not figuring out what you're doing, what your effect is on people and situations. Like there, there's. Yeah, that's that's good. That's good. You gotta debrief. You gotta. You yes. Gotta, you gotta turn in and say, if for nothing else, and similar to what I was sharing with you earlier when I was telling you, like, girl, last time we talked, my life did a whole thing. <laughs> right. And I said, you know, what I said to you is. As much as it did all these things so quickly, yeah. um, I couldn't let life happen in that way, such a big way, without pulling a lesson that can be applicable beyond this circumstance or beyond the season of my life. Like I had to, there was a bigger lesson mm-hmm. and I was very clear about that and I was very intentional about seeking that lesson. Mm-hmm. Because nothing, this doesn't happen without some kind of revelation yeah. about how life goes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So, what I just basically said was it was what I said earlier, which is that I became clear about what I wanted, and then I made decisions that were going to align me with receiving and creating that. And then I ultimately was open to opportunities that that presented themselves to to explore yeah. that. So that was kind of what happened, and just what I'm hearing you say is like a lot of times. People are not really taking the time to do that work and become clear about who they are and how they're participating in creating these experiences. And so they keep perpetuating them from situation to situation. And Mm -hmm. if it's happening in your relationships, personal relationships, and it's probably happening in your professional relationships, Mm -hmm. and it's probably happening in your platonic relationships, and it's probably happening in other areas of your life because it's your root place from which you make decisions Mm -hmm. and how you choose scenarios and how you, who you attract into your life and 
all of those things. And so that's why it's important. And it's not about, you know, finding, you know, finalizing the blame. Well, then it was your fault or, you know, <laughs> right. or any, it's not right. that. It's like, what did I learn? How did I grow? Mm-hmm. Am I stronger? Am I wiser? Do I build my endurance? Like what happened in yeah. this? Mm-hmm. Because maybe I'm okay that the relationship is over and I don't feel like I need to try to like, mull over how to get them back or whatever but maybe I'm like very clear that that needs to be over but I need to also what did I take from that because it didn't happen for nothing I wasn't friends with that person or in a relationship with that person or or working at that job or whatever for that amount of time for no reason right there was something in it for me that I can take with me to apply to my next thing yeah like accepting my past owning my present to create my future yes Mm -hmm. so whatever happened so I got something. There was an assignment for me there. Yeah. I crossed that path. Mm-hmm. I did that time there for a thing. What did I learn about myself? What did I learn about the world? Mm-hmm. Something. Because all those things help shape who you are. You know what I mean? Certainly. All, all, all situations. It can be, like you said, your job. It can be your friendships. It can be all of that stuff. They, all that helps shape who you are. Because you take something from every everybody, Absolutely. everything. Absolutely. You know, we so are energy, a part of each other. Exactly. We are are all one. So. Yes. But how do you? What do you do with that though? Like, how are right. you processing that? How are you incorporating that into who you are as a person? Are you taking that? Right. And are you taking from that the good things? Right. And and are you just taking it all? You just digesting everything and just spewing it out into the world. Hey. Right. And so what I say <laughs> all the time is that our experience, our experiences should refine us, but not define us. Yes. Mm-hmm. So whatever I'm taking in. From being a part of these things that are happening around me or within me, yeah, should be in addition to what I already know about who I am. Yes, what I've already decided about who I am, mm-hmm. and not every time I encounter something new, I'm being reformed and, yes. and I'm kind of shape shifting to yes. try to create this new version of me to fit into this. Because you're never, it's an ever changing world. The standard is always mm-hmm. shifting, whether that's the standard of beauty, the standard yes. of success, yes. the standard of happiness, the standard, mm-hmm. whatever the standard is that you're trying to reach, that's always shifting. It's always going to be relative to whatever the context is. Because for some people, you know, success means a certain dollar amount or it means right. a certain car or it means whatever. So yeah. it's so, it's so ever changing that whatever you experience should always be like, a supplement to who you already know yourself to be. Right. But then we go back to the conversation we were having about you having this thing about your nose that you essentially got from your mom who had a thing about her own nose. Mm -hmm. And you're not in a place where you can differentiate. Right. Like, this is not mine. I'm wearing a cloak that's not mine. I'm actually cool. Like, now that you're an adult. (laughs) Right. And you're like, I'm so glad I didn't have that nose job. And like, realizing like, I was wearing a cloak that wasn't mine and I just wasn't in a place of maturity emotionally mm-hmm. or otherwise yeah. to be able to differentiate. Yeah. And that... No, that wasn't my So, but you were 17 though. Carrying that burden. Right. So yeah. you're 17 in this place. There are people who are our age now, which yeah. I won't say because it's in your business. But, you know what I mean? Yeah. But there are people who are, you know, mature adults who are still wavering and kind of vacillating in that space of unknowingness about themselves <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that is like easily influenced and swayed yes. by social media we talked about yeah, earlier yeah, yeah. and the images people curate their lives and mm-hmm. create like I was looking at social media the other day and just coming across different pages or whatever 
how people do like these color schemes and it's like everything is yes. has like some kind of purple in it so that when you look at my page it has this very like <laughs> unison looking like you don't realize why it's so beautiful right right and it's yeah. like everything or whatever and i think or it's like a great idea in the middle right 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 exactly my pictures to the yeah. right yeah or all these different ways <laughs> yeah and it really is curating which you get to do you yeah. totally get to do that yeah um but i'm saying that to say like we can become attracted to those things not even realize what it, what it is we're really attracted to yeah and so i was saying to you earlier like i will unfollow quick yeah for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. I just don't have space in my consciousness. And that just comes from being aware of like, I have boundaries. I'm going to be on social media. I'm going to do this. But there are certain things about who I am that I am vulnerable, susceptible to. Yes. That I can't afford to allow in my consciousness. Mm-hmm. So I have to choose wisely about who I'm going to follow and what I'm going to take in. Yeah. So what does that look like though? Particularly as a mom who's raising kids. What does it look like when you have little girls? Who are like, we talked about Ariana Grande singing the song. Yeah. Well, Akai, um, we had this huge thing because she is very, very easily influenced. And she's mm. very, she she wants to be accepted. And I and noticed she's, that she, she's how she? 11. Akai's 11. Okay. And I noticed that she has a thing with pretty girls. I know that she mm. has this thing where she needs to be accepted by them, by popular pretty girls. Mm, okay. And they say things and they do things that offend her. Mm-hmm. And she just, whatever it takes, whatever. We had an issue in elementary school where um, some girl stopped being her friend. I don't know why. But she was very nasty, very mean. You know, kids mm. can be very mean. Absolutely. And, you know, she was talking about her stomach. Because, you know, Kai has a little, little belly or whatever. So she was talking about her stomach and she made some comments and... And offended the guy. And instead of being like, you know what? This is my belly. I'm going to work on it when I at my own time or whatever. Whatever. Because she has an issue with it also. And because she has an issue with it also, when somebody points it out, she gets very defensive, very upset. But then she wants to be her friend. Mm. She took a Barbie that she had at home that she had been saving that she never opened. It was like a collector's item. Mm-hmm. Gave it to the girl. I didn't know. To oh like be friends gosh. again. And so I was like looking for it one day. And I was like, what happened to that Barbie? She's like, oh, I gave it to her. And I said, you what? Right. Well, you know, she wasn't my friend, so now we're friends again. And I said, okay, you have to get out of this thing where you feel like you have to do more than just be a guy to be somebody's friend. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, you're not a candidate. You don't have to campaign Thank you. for somebody's And that's what acceptance. she does. And I, I, I'm on her about that constantly. I'm like, okay, where's Leah? Where's this person? The people that I can, you, we're adults. So we can read people way better. Mm-hmm. And I see the ones that are genuinely her friend and they love her for who she is. And then I see the ones that see that she is kind of willing to do anything mm-hmm. to be around. And they'll, and they'll take that and, and use yeah, it and use it. Mm-hmm. exactly. And so I'm like trying to push her towards those people. I'm like, be around the people that make you feel good to be you. Mm-hmm. Be around the people where you can just comfortably just be a Kai and you don't have to conform. You don't have to show. try to, yeah. you don't have to, right. You don't have to be extra funny. You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to sing all the time. You don't have to always, like you said, campaign to be enough to be in their presence because you are enough. Once you understand that you're enough, then you don't have to go around here trying to make all these people that are ultimately most of us are broken themselves. They have Mm -hmm. their own things that they're dealing with. So they're projecting. A lot of times they're projecting. They have issues with themselves. So then they're projecting and now you're carrying this weight, this burden. And it's not yours to carry. Be yourself. Work on yourself. Love yourself. 
Right. And then the people that you're attracting your space, you'll be so happy with these. Per- I'm like, I've had all my friends forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've had all of my friends. She has a problem keeping friends. And I tell mm-hmm. them, like, you know why that is, though? Because you're not you. Mm. So you're not allowing somebody to accept you to yes. be your friend. Because every time you see something that looks like, oh, this is what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. Shape-shifting. Yes. For every group of friends or every person that she meets, it's like, oh, now I'm sassy. Right. So they're they're sassy. I heard her have a conversation, one phone conversation. She's talking to her friend from LA. Girl, so what what are they doing over at that school? Oh my, I cannot believe. Is he really? Oh my God. And he's talking to her? Ugh, why does he even like her? Like then, this is the conversation. Like, uh uh-uh, uh, she is so whack and this and that. One conversation. Now, you know, she goes to school in the valley. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, yeah, you see, and I don't even understand that. You know what I mean? And, you know, um, she really needs to just focus on, this is the conversation. She needs to, like, you know, it's like she's so worried about her lips talking about Kylie Jenner, okay? She's so worried about her lips and her this and that. She's like, you know, and she was pretty before. I mean, she can just be herself. You know what I mean? It's like now she's trying to look like, and she and I'm listening to th- this conversation. Right. And I'm listening to this conversation. And then when she got on the phone, I said, come here. <laughs> who are you right right <laughs> which, that's what you which one of those two because you need to be able yeah. to be that person that you were just now on the phone with Sophia you need to be that person all the time if that's who yeah. if that's who you are you don't need to shit because you don't you're not yeah but then you're giving all this when yeah. you're talking to the friends that are in LA it's all this but when you're talking yeah. to the friends in the valley it's you mm-hmm. need to find that happy medium right. because I've learned to I've my yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? But it's just so, it, it, yeah. she does though. She yeah. definitely, you know, I see her, and it's like even there's this one little girl I can't stand. She's <laughs> so fast. She, a lot of boys like her. I saw her one time. I came to pick a guy up. She had on a half top and some red lipstick. Fifth grade. I said, "Who is that?" Lipstick. Who is that? And she said, "I won't say her name." And so and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, why are you around her? Because next thing you know, you're going to think. Because one time I had on a half top, she says, I want to wear it. She was like, I want to wear a midriff shirt. No, no. You won't <laughs> ever wear a midriff shirt until you're old enough to buy a midriff shirt. Uh, you're and you're not in my house. Because we ain't doing midriffs over here. I don't know what they're doing over there, but we don't do midriffs. You know? And I told her, I said, but you see what oh, I'm saying man. though? Yeah. You're not even comfortable with your body. That's And first that was what all, I was going to say. That's an interesting first of all, shift. There. And then you're saying, oh, the boys like her. This is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Because you like this one and he likes her. And you're saying, hey, maybe it's the lipstick in the picture. Or maybe if I do that. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, it's a constant. Whoever she's around, Chasing. I see it. Like a chameleon. It's just, oh, they're doing this. Oh, they're doing that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I'm, just, I'm always on her to be okay with the guy so i remember when i was younger i was like in third grade and my mom we lived in inglewood yeah. we lived in this apartment complex in inglewood and i remember there was tons of kids so prior to that we lived in a neighborhood that was lived in a college town not a lot of children yeah um not a lot of families because most of the people in the area went to the college and so yeah they were like whatever um so we moved to inglewood and we lived in this apartment complex and there was a ton of kids and I was like in heaven there was an ice cream truck like I didn't have any of this because the yeah. ice cream truck is not coming down the street because nobody's <laughs> buying right so we had an ice cream truck and there was a park nearby and kids in the complex and I remember I was like super high I think I was in third grade mm-hmm. at the time we were living there and the kids used to first thing in the morning knock on the door can Joy come out can Joy come out and I would be like hi I'm ready got my shoes on let's go yeah 
And it became a thing where my mom would say, she just woke up. You need to wait. <laughs> right. Right. She would say, you know, she, and I, and I would be, I would be so anxious. Like, come on, mom, I just want to go outside and play. And <laughs> right. I would hear them doing stuff. And we had a pool that was splashing and bikes right. and all the things. And I would be like, oh, I'm missing it. My mom is ruining my life. <laughs> right. And, um. Now, as an adult, though, I realize, and we've had conversations about this, and she was like, it was really important for me to make sure that you knew who you were first. Yes. And that I gave you some time to wake up and be with you, mm-hmm. get your mind right. And the, the first thing in the morning that you can experience, or, or that the first thing that you experience can't be someone else's thing. Yeah. Their opinion of you. There, what you should be doing, how you should be doing it, mm-hmm. who you gonna play with, whose friend you are, whatever. Cause yeah. that shit gets crazy. I'm, no. not your, I'm not your friend. Okay, well, she. Oh, we not her friend today. Oh, oh we collectively, we are not. <laughs> I wasn't even here whenever this thing happened. <laughs> right. and I, I'm not her friend now. Every okay, day. well then. Yeah, then we'll next be, week. Oh, we're right. back to her friend. We're I skating don't know now. How many of those conversations? Like, come on. Yeah. So now, as an adult, I appreciate that my mom had the foresight to say. Yeah. In order for you to be clear about who you are, I have to give you an opportunity to develop that sense without other people's influence or impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means you're going to miss some stuff. Right. You're going to have to sit it out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I know you hear them splashing and playing and whatever, but you also hear them hollering and fighting too. <laughs> right. <laughs> because they're getting on each other's nerves because they've right. been with each other sun up to sundown <laughs> all summer. Right. So, sit down somewhere. Right, yeah. And, and you know, <laughs> now it's like, yeah. And I find myself as an adult having a pretty good balance between, like, social life and personal time. Mm-hmm. Where I could do something real social and hang out and have fun and be great. And then the next day I'm like, no, no. I'm going to skip. Go ahead and be with me tonight. And, and I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I don't have what they call FOMO now. Fear of missing out where people, like... <laughs> feel like they need to be a part of everything and so much of who they are is attached to like being at the thing and being on the scene and not missing and yeah yeah, mm -mm. Yeah, yeah, y'all have fun because guess what by the time you all facebook live it and whatever else i was was there there. right and that was fun girl you was cute yeah and all of the things and i was comfortable right and And i read this book here and i'm well rested Mm -hmm. tomorrow yeah (laughs) right so I think it's so in, in being a parent in this climate requires a different set of skills. Girl. A different and that set is of why skills. I'm constantly every day I feel like I am just doing the work on me and, and it's like I have to I have to understand what's in my space, what's going on inside of me and all that stuff because then you also, you know, you you already have the burden of day-to-day life, right? And so then you have the burden of day-to-day life, you have relationships and then you have your relationship with your kids, right? Mm-hmm. So then you're upset about something and you have to make sure that you know how to balance the two and not go off and not, right, right, right. you know what I mean? And not, you know, they want to ask you something and then you again and not go off. Like you just, yeah. you're always snapping because your life, day-to-day life is hard and it's, it's, it's just, mm-hmm. it's different. And then they have, again, they have so much stimulation from so many other things that we didn't have. Right. And they have so much access and their friends have so much access. And their conversations are different. And their questions are different. So different. And there's so much stuff that I'm sometimes, I'm like, well, how do I explain this to you? Because I didn't even think that I would have to explain this to you. 
at this age. Right. I was having a friend, a conversation with a friend of mine. He said, you know, there was conversations that I planned to have with my daughter when she was entering high school, you know, 13, 14 years old, that I'm having with her when she's seven and eight. Yeah. Because her friends are coming up saying a thing, and she's like, Daddy, what is this? And he's like, what do you mean? Right. Because how do I explain this? How do I explain this in language that makes sense to you? Because I don't, I also don't want to brush you off. I don't want to make you feel some type of way about being curious or asking questions or inquiring. I don't want you to feel like I'm not receptive to your questions and therefore try to go ask somebody else and one of your friends who don't know a damn thing about it either. Now you're getting all kind of warped and twisted information. So how do I make you feel welcome to ask the questions, comfortable talking to me and having these conversations, but also give you helpful information that's age appropriate Mm -hmm. for where you are so that you can understand it, but that's also not continually to like extrapolate this exposure to something else. That's like you, you don't need to be knowing. Okay. That so like Girl. if we're talking about this this conversation about body image and you have social media where people are posting nude images and things like that, and and let me say Jesus. this, let me say this, because I am a self proclaimed nudist. I am too. I but can't wait to take off a of clothes um and i don't necessarily i'm not necessarily opposed to nudity in public forums whether that be internet or whatever i mean our personal perspective is that there's a tasteful way to do it and be it but that's my personal thing and people sometimes don't mind you know crotch shots or whatever and that's hey yeah. so you know what i mean but but so for me, even in thinking about like my comfort with my body yeah, and my comfort with sharing and exposing or showing or whatever you want to call it, my body is challenged sometimes because I do have to do so under the guise of understanding that not everybody's having the same come from. So in my mind, it's like, it's just a place of comfort and this is me and my body and my skin and, and it's not a thing. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be in a sexual context because my body is worth more than and good for more than a sexual context. And so I don't have that, but I do realize that the person seeing it may be seeing it through a different lens. Yes. And so I get to be mindful of how they perceive it, how they feel about it, and then how they may treat or approach me as a result of having seen whatever they think they saw. Right. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> right. So it's like this kind of back and forth of what how to navigate that yeah and it's it's interesting because there's so much attached to it yes there is (laughs) so it's like some days i'm like i don't give i'm posting it whatever yeah you got something to say right Unfollow. Yeah. Or block it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then other days I'm like, "Eh, that might be a lot, Joy. That might be a lot. Right. And the other part of it is that people tend to ascribe something to it that is not. Mm -hmm. Because they think, oh, because you're a fitness person and because in their mind, oh, your body's perfect. So, of course, you want to show it off. And it's like, that really has nothing to do with that. At least, because I've had to examine that for myself. Like, am I doing this? Like, if there were things... And there are, let me just say that, there are things about my body that I'm not excited about. Okay. <laughs> okay? So, I think, though, that people have this other thing of, like, oh, she's doing that because she can, because she's showing off. And it's right. like, no, that's no. not. You're still putting something on me that it's not. 
Yeah. This is literally me being at home making the same way you taking a selfie with your fresh wave or whatever right. you're showing off. <laughs> right. I'm taking this selfie with my fresh nothing on. Okay. And yeah. so well, it's there funny it is. though. I, I I know that for me, um, because I have children, mm-hmm. that is really the reason why the version of myself that's on social media is probably not necessarily the full version of me. That's right. You know, and I think that's true for everybody though. But it's like I really sometimes I go through the same thing though. I'm like. I really want to post this. I'm right. Going to, and I'm like, I'm going to get a whole bunch of likes. Right? <laughs> right? Like, a whole bunch That's of likes. Funny. But then, I'm going to look back at it and I'm going to delete it. Because now I feel like, oh, you know what? My child. If a guy sees this, she's going to be like, my mother right. so that's the and that's the thing about context though <laughs> yeah because in my mind in my self-prescribed like as a nudist for yeah. i'm also feel like i'm gonna have a nudist family <laughs> like that's and i'm really being so dead ass serious about this like i really feel like <laughs> i'm gonna have a nudist family right. and so it's gonna be conversations with my kids like yo when your friends come over we gotta dead that because <laughs> Maybe their parents are not rolling with right. sleepovers when the whole yeah, family is just yeah. out here but naked. But we, but when we here by ourselves, oh, we gonna be. So, so then it's like this this level the level of comfort, right? Because like yeah. if my kids see me naked at home all the time because I'm just that, and then they happen to come across mommy's right. Facebook and she got you know there's a nipple or something. Yeah, they're not gonna be like no, you know they're right. gonna be like because yeah. that's the nipple I see every day when yeah. I come home from school. Yeah. And it won't be a thing. Right. So <laughs> there's so much. Context has a huge part to do with it. Because yeah, I think about true. that all the time when you think about some of these celebrity moms. I was I kind of posted this a while ago when we, I was talking about Kim Kardashian. And her reputation um, just from sex tape on yeah. has been very much attached to her sexuality and her sensuality. And now that she is a wife and a mother, um, does she need to adjust that? Yeah. Half of me wants to say absolutely not because that doesn't change your identity. You right. have a role Hello. to fulfill as a wife yeah. and a mother, but no, if you want to yeah. be naked, by all means. But where I struggle with that is that the branding piece. Right. If this is a part of your brand and the way that you make yourself money, you know, again, from sex tape on, and it's all about your sensuality, your sexuality, and your assets, quote unquote, then what you don't get to do, in my mind, is try to sell it as empowerment. It's not empowerment. This is your brand. This is how you make money for you, personal self. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with it, but that's your brand. So don't try to sell your brand, your sensual sexual brand (laughs) as as empowerment for women when this is totally about how you make your money, how you grow your businesses and... Mm -hmm. Like, that's where I struggle with. So, it's not about her being naked, because I don't give a damn. Be right. naked all up and through. It's the part where you try to sell that as something that I feel like is disingenuous in terms of who you present yourself to be or who we know you to be. Yeah. In that way. And so, of course, some part of it is authentic, because you don't make a sex tape unless you're cool with that type of thing. Right. Right? But the other part of it is like, come on, dude. Right. Like, or is this... Right. Don't try to be like, take it off, ladies. It's okay. Right. Or whatever. If you really just are like, also the likes and also download my app and also buy my selfie <laughs> book and also, right. like, come on. Yeah. So that's where I, it's less about the nakedness and it's more about like the angle. Yeah. Which again is about context. Yeah. Because like, whatever. Yeah. I don't care. I mean, cause like, like for me, I'll say like, I'm super comfortable. Right. I don't. I. I like you said. There's things that I, there's 
gang of stuff that right. I about my body. There's a whole lot of shit I would change. <laughs> a whole lot of stuff that I can change if I just would put the work in. Right, right, right. right. But I don't really care. It's you know not to I mean? the degree that you are shamed and <laughs> right. like, are I going will, to be you know, covered up in. I like, like, it's funny. My kids know this. They always laugh. Like, I like my clothes tight. I like mm-hmm. a lot of spandex. You know, that's my yeah. thing. I like my shoes. Come on, I, spandex. I like it tight. <laughs> if, it, if it's sheer in the right place, I like it sheer. Hey, come on, However, tight However, because that is just who I am. And right. they know that that's who I am. And it's just, it, it is what it is. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I try to get a kind of, not sheer or tight, but try to get a kind of <laughs> yeah. things all the time. And she's just like, no, that's you. I'm, I'm not, I would never wear that. And so I, I already see now that she's not going to be like me. Mm-hmm. Now, Riley will probably be more like me. She's mm-hmm. a little more open. You know, Kai's just like, no, like, no, I don't And I wonder this. how much of that has to do with her. Part of it is just developmental. Yes. We go through those preteen stages where we're just awkward anyway and yeah. things are weird and we're things are happening in our bodies that we don't quite understand. They're new and yeah. we're like, what? So there's part of it is like very um, situational or like the fact that she's just in a certain season of her life and maybe yeah. she will grow out of it or whatever. I think about my mom but too, yeah. though. I used to hate all the stuff she would pick out. Oh my God, I would never wear that. But now I think my mother has impeccable taste in clothing and yeah. I want all of her clothes. <laughs> you know, I'm always like, oh, I love that. Oh, can I have that? Yeah. Well, you know, you're never going to wear it, give it to me. You know right. what I mean? And it, like you said, it's like, it's now. Seasons. Yeah, because I used to be like, do you really have a castle doll? <laughs> I, I used to be embarrassed. Come on, you know castles. what I mean? Like, is that a path another one piece? Because <laughs> my mom was, you know. <laughs> Lady, is that a another one piece? Yes. Do you have one, one fine? With the ankle chain on? Like, wait. What no. is one fine such a thing? <laughs> right. That is literally like straight out of the Catwoman Halle Berry version. Man, that's that old school though. But Come that, on. Yeah, but she yeah. and I used to be embarrassed. She used to be, she used to be embarrassing to me. Like, yeah. why does she always have those? She used to make her, her and her friend Vera, they made leggings. Mm-hmm. They would all always wear these high-waisted leggings with these little tops. Oh, my God. I hated <laughs> it. But now I get it, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I think, especially for me as a mother, it's like you are trying so hard to still hold on to you. Mm. It's like mm. it's like yes, I'm a mother, but I'm still me. Like it's so, like I'm I'm you know you yeah. have, you you need that though. You have got to, no, you to do. have that. You do. Be- because and it's not about being selfish or trying to maintain your individuality because it does. There's a you do when you become somebody's mama. You somebody's mama. Yeah. But even from the context of like being an example. Yeah. For your children. Mm-hmm. For what it means to show up as yourself, to yes. be authentic, to yes. be clear about who you are, to mm-hmm. be okay and accepting of who you are, yeah. like, and how you engage in certain relationships and how you accessorize yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. In terms of like, just you know, this is or as a form of expression. Yeah. You know, like this is just how I do life, and um, you do get to show up as that and continue to be that and grow into that because just because you became a mom doesn't mean the evolution of who you are as an individual stops. Right. Yeah. Like you're still learning, if not more. Mm-hmm. You're learning more about who you are because mm-hmm. there are things that you're going to have to do that you're going to have to pull certain things out of you Yeah. that you wouldn't have ever... Those are tools in the toolbox that you may have never had to use had you not become a mom. Right. And so you get to still evolve and explore what that evolution looks like in the context of being somebody's mom. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like when we talk about nudity or sexuality or, you know, people be like, oh, you somebody's mama, you out here twerking. Yeah. Right. How do you think I got a mama? 
Uh, right. You know what I mean? Like I became right. a mama because I just I was twerking. I was twerking, and, and the brother was like, like "Oh, twerking. wait a minute, right? <laughs> Hold <Well>. on, <laughs> need some of that right there, right? Uh, right. <laughs> but I mean, you know, and I think also it's just the conversation about sexuality in our culture in general. Yeah, it's such a taboo thing. And I remember it when is. I took my sister to Italy for her high school graduation, and we were at at the house at the place where we were staying, and. She turned the TV on. It had to be like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Like, you know, she turned the TV on and it was a... F- what would be here in America? A porn. Yeah. It wasn't a porn. It was like a soap opera or whatever. Like a daytime television show. It was like regular TV. Right. But it they looked free, like honey. a porn. And she yeah. was like, oh my God. Like, yeah. totally embarrassed that she saw it in front of me. And like, no. Yeah. And... <laughs> I I remember like initially being like shit, you know what I mean? Like oh that wasn't yeah no one was ready, but then it was like <laughs> whatever you know yeah. what I mean? Because like it's a thing, sex it happens, people have it, they do it. Yeah, some people all the time. Yeah, all kinds of ways. But in 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 those um, areas anyway, yeah. those cultures like they it's not a big it's deal. Not a we thing. put we apply so much pressure on it, and they don't. They're just like. And why though? Nudity is as nudity. though and it's not a very natural part of life. Yeah. Like you all got here right. from sex. Well, and and also just in, in nudity in general, though, it's like okay, somebody made these clothes that you had on, right? Right. Somebody made these. There was a time when we didn't have these clothes. <laughs> There are places still today that are like, get this leaf off the tree. Thank you. Make this loincloth and we out. Yeah. It's time to go to dinner, family. Loincloth. Let's go. Right. Time to go catch dinner. Yeah. And then, with the loincloth. All I have on right now is a leaf. Right. And I'm chasing wild animals. And this is my life. Um, So there's that. But, so it's like, it's like, damn, where does that come from? So I was I remember reading this story where it was like they're talking about like sex and porn and all these things and they were saying like but the highest porn rate internet porn rate happens in the Bible Belt. Hell yeah, it does. And it didn't surprise me at all, but I just <laughs> thought like how crazy, how ironic that we're all this preaching against you know sexual sin mm-hmm. and um, all of these things. And then now you feel shame to the degree that you have to, in the secret privacy of your internet, whatever, mm-hmm. you're wilding the hell out. And, but the thing, too, also with that is that um, when your only idea of sex is from porn, it's very... So worked. Right. So worked. It really is. It really is. Like, that's not how it happens. Because, I mean, we, I mean, you know, nowadays kids have so much access. So I remember right. Kai, she right. saw one. Mm-hmm. And I died a thousand deaths. <laughs> but then we had to talk about it, though. Right. I said, "Okay, look. Let me tell you. This right here, that ain't how it goes. That's not how it goes. This right, we none of this is happening here. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? And all those noises that she's making, she's lying. She don't like that. <laughs> that ain't how it goes. She doesn't like it like that. She's being paid. Okay? okay. She's. This is how she makes her living. And I'm not at all suggesting that you do that." <laughs> But what I am saying is that you have to understand this is a job for her, so she's performing, so she has a you know certain obligation to this mm-hmm. profession that she chose mm-hmm. to make it look like it. She's enjoying it. That's not how it goes. And it's also you know? it's also the audience is very yeah. specific, right? It's a very specific audience, right. so they have to, like you said, <laughs> perform for the audience. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a different thing. But it's, oh. oh man, that's that's a. Uh... <laughs> it's all another conversation. Gosh, man. 
So one thing I have, I, I do this thing through my gym called Love, Sweat, and Years, and it's a couples fitness program. Oh, and, yeah. And so, yeah, that. so there's five factors of a, of a healthy relationship, and it's communication, accountability, intimacy, teamwork, and trust. And so we talk about the intimacy piece, and of course I don't just mean physical intimacy. I do also mean, like, emotional intimacy and spiritual intimacy and all these other things as well because that's they're equally as important, if not even more so. Yeah. At least especially for women, I would say in general, we need that connection before physical intimacy is even like on the table yeah. or at least enjoyable i mean maybe right? we'll submit to it because it's like all right whatever but like you know what i mean yeah so um so I, what i noticed in having the conversation and i have a range of couples anybody that some people have been married 25 years some people are newly married some people have children some people don't so there's all these different kind of contexts and what i realize is a lot of times they don't have conversations about sex Right. They don't talk about what they enjoy, what mm-hmm. they don't enjoy, what they want, mm-hmm. what their fantasies are. They just don't. Yeah. And I remember this one lady in particular, she said to me that her mom, um, her mom's way of trying to get her to hold off from having sex was to tell her how unenjoyable it was. Right. That it was painful and you don't want to do it and don't let them trick you. It's going to hurt and it's <laughs> horrible. And that was her way of trying to get the, the daughter to like not do it. Yeah. So... She grows up, she has the sex, she likes it. And now, by the time I get to her, 25 years into her marriage, two children later, she's saying out loud for the first time that she has felt guilty for all of these years for enjoying sex with her husband because she thought it meant something was wrong with her, that she must have been some kind of nasty whore. Right. That this horrible thing that was supposed to be so taboo and bad and wrong yeah she liked it yeah so i can't imagine being in a marriage with a man that i'm committed to for the rest of my life and we have children which means sex is happening Mm -hmm. and i like it but i'm secretly liking it yeah because i feel because i feel ashamed for enjoying sex with my own husband yeah what is this crazy conversation (laughs) that we're having like yeah huh and so but it made me examine my own relationship with sex and the conversation that my mom and I first had when she, my mom was very like, listen, this is what it is. Right. (laughs) And so she kind of, when we talked about it, I was in high school and she talked to me about like the physical implications of sex, like, okay, pregnancy, STDs, all of those things that could happen. Yeah. She talked to me about the emotional implications of sex. Like, Oh, he may say these things to you to get you to do it, but maybe I don't know. They lie because the draws, they want to get them all of the things <laughs> and, the drama, <laughs> and then and then she GTD. also talks to you yeah, get gtd get the draws shout out to all the martin fans out there <laughs> right um and then and then she talked to me about the social implications of sex mm-hmm. and if they tell people and people talking about it and right. knowing your private business and yeah, da da da, yeah, yeah. and I remember distinctively like that that part though, that was the after all part. of the things like oh you gonna show me all the nasty that pictures part. of the diseases and all of that but when she <laughs> said people, I was like no that can't happen like right and so but what it translates into is now grown adult sexual relationships and. Being really like, I don't want him to think. I don't want him to say. I don't want him to feel. I don't want him to <laughs> right. tell people. I don't want him. To, yeah. Right. And being yeah. like, uh, you know, and <laughs> right? that impacts like how 
I get to evolve as a woman. Yeah. But and that and, and even if we're talking about it in the context of like, okay, and now I'm getting married. Mm-hmm. That doesn't just go away. Yeah. So we talk about this conversation of sex being like wrong and bad and immoral and a sin against our own bodies and all these things. Yeah. If we're talking about it from the religious perspective or even sometimes just culture apart from religion we just are made to feel bad particularly women about owning our own bodies and our own sexuality and we're sluts and we're this and we're that if we're like yeah i like sex then it's like whoa you're nasty (laughs) right so whatever you want me to be like a slut though secretly you just don't want to tell people that i am which is like fucking crazy so like Anyway, so you, we have this like kind of context around sex with, with women, particularly in our bodies and, and being free and enjoying it or whatever, that we're not supposed to have. And then magically, when, but when you're married, you have to submit to your husband. So you want me to go from girl who feels ashamed for <laughs> any type of enjoyment around her sexuality to magically flip the switch. Now I'm married and I'm supposed to just be one to do all the things. Right. Yeah. And I'm supposed to be cool and excited about it. Right. Like, when does that happen? When do right. I get to practice, warm up, <laughs> right. five, six, seven, eight, ready, right. set, go, any of the things? Like, when does that happen? At well, what? When do I get to practice, warm up? When do I like, get to I don't understand. Like, <laughs> when does that flip? Like, it's not a switch that we flip on that yeah. just makes me magically be like, and now I'm okay with my body and all these sexual urges that you've been telling me are wrong or bad and nasty for yes. since I'm yes. ever had them. And, you know, that is something, though, that I did that I did say to Akai when she did see the porno. I said to her, I said, did you, what did, did you feel anything? Right. How did it make you feel? Right. You know what I mean? Because I think that that was important. And so when we had that conversation, I know she was very nervous and she yeah. didn't want to say certain things, but it definitely, it broke down the wall though. And now it's yeah, like, we are, now she tells me pretty much everything, things I don't want to know, you know, about yeah. her friends and different stuff that I'm just right. like, oh, Jesus, like, right. why, why is that happening then? <laughs> but I don't want her to stop, you know right. what I mean? So you have to be so careful So I have about... to be, you know, mm-hmm. to not be too, like, mother, yeah. like, what? She, uh-uh. No, well, you can't hang out with her, and I'm, because I'm very that mother, like, well, hey, well, you don't need those kind of people in your space, because, right, right, right. you know what I mean? But it's like... It's teaching her to set boundaries, and be clear yeah. about what she can right. afford to be exposed to. Yeah. That's, that's important, I think. But, um... And she'll begin to be able to do that for herself as she matures right but i think people do they have a tendency though to make someone make especially children feel like they're that's wrong that that's wrong because kids start to explore they touch themselves they touch each other right and the thing is this though like they feel something when they see that the first time you saw something saw it you felt something too right Right. that needs to be discussed let me tell you something girl (laughs) so i used to be a lifeguard (laughs) jesus i will never forget this day (laughs) So I'm in the tower watching the pool. In the pool where I worked, we had like all these different water apparatus, like um, like spray things for the kids to play with. They turn them on and off, and they like waterfalls and da da da. But around the edge of the pool, um, we had like a walk-in pool. It was like zero depth, and it kind of like was a ramp that gradually got a little bit deeper. Yeah. But right along the edge, we had these little um, fountains that would like occasionally just like squirt up. Right? They would just go up. And then go back down and score it up and go back down. So there was a girl. She had to be about seven or eight years old. And she was straddling this fountain. And the was, water was just going the whoop. Pressure was just, yeah. And going down and whoop. And it was like every time it would go up, she was having this like experience. Right. <laughs> like outward reaction to this experience. And I was like, oh, okay. 
So I'm in the tower and I'm like, oh my, oh my God. And I'm thinking immediately, like, my first thought was, we're at a public pool and right. I don't know who's watching. And I don't, what I don't want is some pervert to be seeing this yeah. and like having a moment. Right. Okay. So how am I going to handle Cause what I, So Because also what I want, don't want to do is traumatize her yeah. and make her think that this sensation that she's clearly enjoying <laughs> is like wrong or bad or something's you know wrong with her for like right so and i'm like okay how am i gonna tell her Mm -hmm. how am i gonna do this because she can't just keep standing there yeah getting the thing right right but (laughs) i also like don't want to guilt her for getting the thing yeah like she can't just keep standing there like this is amazing i don't care how many hundreds of people can see me having this moment because i don't even really know that i'm having this moment but like my adult mind is going, no, no, right. child, not here. please let this not be your, don't let this be your gauge for like what it's supposed to be, right? Because then right. it's going to be a trick of the devil when you don't get the water <laughs> forces. Right. So anyway, um, like, so I'm like, oh, so I remember getting down, I, I, because I didn't want to tell another lifeguard too. I didn't want to make it like a thing like, oh yeah. no, now everybody's going, look at the girl, right? right. So. I get, I summoned another lifeguard. I'm like, can you t- just take me down for a moment? Believe me, I need to go talk to this little girl. So I go and I just kind of said to her, hey, are you having fun? And she's like, in my mind, clearly I'm having a blast. Right. So and I'm just like, why don't you go? Let's come with me. Why don't you go over here to this other fountain? And see? I was like, you've been playing with this fountain for a while. Let's go see this other fountain. And it does this. And I'm like turning on and off and showing her all the different mechanisms and like, trying to make it as attractive as I can to her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, kind of apprehensive, like, you really are fucking with my vibe right now. <laughs> Right. But this is kind of amusing. So, and I'm seven. Right. Oh. So I don't really know what I'm walking away from. Like, as an adult, you'd be like, orgasm or this fountain. <laughs> right. Right? But she doesn't really know. So she's yeah. like, all right, well, I'm gonna... <laughs> maybe this fountain's cool. So she, that like, starts so playing. Good. And in my mind, I'm like, yes, score one right? for the team because... Yeah. This little girl. That is awkward. But we we don't realize how early we create this context about how people feel about their bodies, mm-hmm. how they interact with their bodies, how they then share their bodies, whether that be via a photo or be a, via a physical experience yeah. or just walking down the street and people are ogling you or making comments. I remember um, this gentleman said to me, I was going to the post office on Crenshaw on 39th and he said, you've got to be the healthiest woman on Crenshaw. <laughs> And I was like, what does that even mean? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what does that mean? That's pretty hilarious, though. Because I'm like, healthy as in, like, like, he obviously was referring to the fact that I look fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, the flip side of that is if, he, if I weren't the unhealthiest woman he'd ever seen, would he, would he feel comfortable that saying that? Or did he feel like, because this could be deemed as a compliment, right. I have license to say this? Right. <laughs> right? Because the, the other thing is, like, it's offensive if you say, like, well, you're fat, right? Because yeah. then we're like, don't fat shame or whatever. Yeah. But it's okay to comment and objectify a woman if you're giving her a quote-unquote compliment. compliment. Mm-hmm. So because I'm saying you look healthy and that's a good thing, I feel free to yell it out on Crenshaw on 39th. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not here to be consumed. So there's now there's this whole conversation around that. So I don't know. It's just such a, gosh, it's such a complex thing. Like, 
how do we choose what to wear or not to wear or share what we're wearing or not wearing and who do we talk to about it and what do we tell our children and what kind of examples are we being and where do we draw the line when do we stop them from inquiring or exploring and you know when you get stories like oh they yeah they went in the boy's bathroom and she had her hand down his pants and in our adult minds we're going that's inappropriate because we're putting the adult spin on it yeah but they're kids they don't know she's just going that's different from what i'm doing like i want to see what it feels like i was in the closets (laughs) (laughs) so in the closet dang it dang it dang it dang it gosh there's so much more we could say right but we'll leave it there before we go, um, tell us a little bit about the stuff you have going on. So you have Tiny Catcher, you have a good mom, mm-hmm. um, or whatever other projects you have going on, where we can find you on social media or online or in the um. universe. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me. Uh, you can find uh, Tiny Catcher. It's um, on Facebook. It's Tiny Catcher. I think it's, it's Tiny Catcher on uh, Facebook. Um, and then it's at Tiny Catcher on Instagram, and then you can go to tinycatcher.com if you want to find out more about it. Um, and then I have a good mom, and that is a goodmom.com, and it's actually that on Instagram as well as at a goodmom.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, it's just um, a good mom on uh, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and those are, and then who is Koi is my you know personal Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's not private. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like to be seen. Right. See me. No. See, but that even that has a lot to do with like that whole image of <laughs> Right. Yeah. I don't know. You know care. who's lurking and who's right, doing what right. and whatever else. Yeah. And I don't know what to see. And I guess I guess, you know, on some level I get it. Yeah. Depends on what, what's happening in your life. So right. you know, True. all of the things. But yeah. Anyway, so do check her out. She's got a tiny catcher which is all about like helping young girls building their confidence and body image and just kind of Becoming aware of their self-worth. It's a very valuable um, program. And then A Good Mom, just all about her adventures as as a mom, which, as a non-mom myself, (laughs) are pretty damn amusing, um, but also insightful because I have journeyed through this life and had the opportunity to see tons of people do life from different perspectives. And I think watching parents and the different dynamics and personalities of children is probably the one of the more um enjoyable things and, and amusing things to do because right. you just never know what kids are going to do sure and say and <laughs> as adults because we put our adult spin on it then we're yeah. like trying to respond and it's like what and also but also be a good mom or a good yeah. dad you know and whatever we think that looks like in that moment mm-hmm. um for that particular scenario and situation so if if you just want to be kind of get an insider look as a parent about how other parents are doing it or just as a non-parent because you need birth control or whatever. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> definitely. Or whatever. Or whatever. Right. Um, check, check her out. And then again, um, so at Tiny Catcher, at agoodmom.com and yes. at who is Koi. Yes. And then you can also find that information on my uh, SoundCloud and iTunes when I post this episode. So if you want to follow and then you can follow me on social media at Joy Hearts, J-O-I-H-E-A-R-T-S, on Facebook, Instagram, the Twitter. Um, <laughs> and that's that's it. That's it. Check me out. Holler at a player. Send us your questions about nakedness or whatever. <laughs> or don't send me nudes, though. Like Seriously, do not send me nudes. 
Like, I like to be naked. I don't necessarily like to consume other people's <laughs> nakedness, though, which may seem very selfish and one-sided, yes. but, like, I don't even care. <laughs> don't send me your dick pics. All right. Peace. <laughs>